I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of the World Football Index Extra Podcast. Joining me on the pod tonight is, well, it's not really a guest, but it is a guest. <laughs> My co-host on the main pod, Armando Angulo. And tonight we're going to talk about the CONCACAF uh, tournament that is currently ongoing um, in sort of North America and Central America. Armando, how are you, my man? It's been a while. It's lovely to be back again. It has been a while, man, and it's good to get WFI going. We've had a little bit of a sputtering start, you know, with the the new year due to your, uh, you know, Wi-Fi troubles and stuff like that. The the, the weather's not helping, and and a few other hiccups. But hopefully, we can get some tread on the tires and we can get uh get the the ball rolling here. Oh uh, yeah, like you said, we're we're gonna talk a little bit about the Goncacafs Champions League today, and 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 that's you know how. The North American Confederation is represented in uh, ultimately in the FIFA World Cup of, of clubs, so it is kind of a, a big deal. Um, not every not every you know team or country puts a big emphasis on it, but ultimately it is a big deal, man. With that in mind, man, though, you know it's a tournament that I didn't really know very much about or, or wasn't even familiar with until this particular one. Maybe you can give us a breakdown of it and how it works and where, where its standing would be in world football and what the winners get and so on. Uh, I think there's a whole story there that we would like to hear. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I mean, um, the tournament really is just the North Americans' Champions League. So you're going to have teams from Mexico, the U.S., Canada, the Caribbean, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, and so on and so on. Those are the teams that are represented and we're talking about here. Uh, the t- current format has been around since 2008, and it's been dubbed the Champions League, kind of to mirror what's going on over there in Europe. Uh the importance of this tournament really, though, is is the winner of this tournament gets to qualify for the FIFA Club World Cup. And, and there they get to showcase their talents against the Bayern Munichs and, and, and you know, Santos and Sao Paulos and th- teams of that, you know, that ilk and, and that have a global, global name and representation. Um, we've seen that Mexico has really dominated this tournament uh, in recent years. And really, that's just due to 
the resources, I would say, you know, Mexican teams are really the giants of, of North America. And we're seeing that with, you know, for example, in this tournament now we have, we're going to get to the teams and stuff, but we have Tigres and that's the strongest team in the continent. Um, and we saw them get all the way to the final Libertadores last season. So we know that they're a quality side. So there is some quality football being played, you know, but it's just a dependent on who takes it seriously because it seems MLS is having an issue taking the competition seriously because of the way the, the their schedule is. Um, right now, the tournament is probably is just past the quarterfinals, heading into the semifinals, and 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 we see a strong Mexican contingent. I know we're going to get into details and stuff, but we're seeing the MLS fall off, and the reason for that is that they're barely in preseason, yet this tournament is already in the semifinals. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, I've seen the photographs of, of Stevie G and and Raleigh Keane walking around there, you know, uh, on on the Galaxy uh, Twitter feed. Um, who 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 are the teams that are actually left then, Mando, going into this quarterfinal, and, and any surprises in in, in those? Uh, no, I wouldn't say there's many surprises. What I will say is that um, the semifinals was very MLS and very uh, obviously uh, Liga MX oriented. We had um, four teams representative each. We had Tigres, Querétaro, uh, Club América, and we also had Santos uh, representing Liga MX. On the MLS side, we had Seattle, DC United, Real Salt Lake, and the aforementioned Galaxy. Uh, all of which are really quality sides in MLS, but the, the problem, like I said, is they're in preseason form. So what we've seen in this two-legged quarterfinal is the Mexican teams just dominated. In, in, in an aggregate score, Querétaro went you know, home and away. They beat DC United 3-1 to one on aggregate. Uh, Club America, the, you know, the Mexican Giants went up to, to Seattle and, and they, they took care of business. They, the, you you know, they were an aggregate of five to three. So we're seeing the Mexican teams really dominate. Uh, Tigres went to Salt Lake. They dominated their three to one aggregate. But the really surprise was the Galaxy. Um, the Galaxy at home, they tied nil nil in the first leg. And that was promising. You had they had all to play for still on their trip to Mexico. Um, excuse me. But the Galaxy, uh, they really they really stumbled in, in the second leg in Mexico and, and Santos was able to capitalize and really destroy the Galaxy at a 4 nothing clip and, and, and that's something that's really surprising because the Galaxy on paper are really the cream of the MLS crop and, and to see you know a mid-table Liga MX side go in there and take care of business is surprising but it's all because of form it's all because of you know the moment that they are in their seasons and, and Liga MX is already wrapping up Clausura almost so they're already two-thirds of the way deep in their season and then the Galaxy are barely trying to warm up their gears so I think in order to have this you know more of a you know more teams really getting into there and more countries represented in the final and in the semifinal. Uh, the Gal uh, MLS is really going to have to, you know, put an importance on this and, and really, you know, change their schedule possibly in the future to better, you yeah, know, acquiesce this. Ask you, I was going to ask you about that, actually, Mando. You know, g given that, you know, clearly there's a big enough prize involved at the end of this, especially for, for franchises like the MLS, who, you know, who are trying to make their mark on, on the game at the moment. You know, do you not feel maybe it's time or they should look maybe at that extra kind of prep or maybe changing the season to fit in with the schedules of their actual tournaments? Or is that is that something that they can't do? Maybe, but, you know, you have a, a brave uh, spread of climate there in the US, you know, from from bacon hot to, to ice cold. Is is that a factor in it or or is it is it just a stubbornness? 
Um, I mean, I, I want to say it's more of a stubbornness. I know that there's, like you said, vast differences in altitudes, vast differences in climates and all of that. But in all reality, the cold doesn't stop anybody in the world from playing football. Um, it may be the heat, but we're, we're talking about the MLS. They're playing the middle of their season in August in the dead of summer here. And, in, in you know, in Dallas or in, in even in L.A., it's upwards of 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's really uh, not ideal to be running around for 90 minutes. We've seen that last season. Stevie G really was caught off guard by those types of things. We saw it in the MLS games. He was really struggling in August to play in these hot climates and, and, and really have anything left in the tank. And I think that we're seeing that a lot. But I, I would just say it's stubbornness because... Uh, it might be they don't want to compete with the NFL and other major um, yeah. American sports and then TV. But to be fair, man, they're not doing that great in ratings anyway to, to say that they they would lose out there. I mean, they, they just got to acquiesce the situation for what's going on now because this this tournament is really important if they want to get on the global sca- stage. You know, if you could get an MLS team like Galaxy, like New York City FC, like some of these teams that have some big names, you know, who wouldn't want to see Orlando City and Kaká playing against Barcelona? It, it's, it would be good for the MLS. I think we need to get there as, as a league in order to really, really blossom. Until we take these types of tournaments serious, you know, what what is to ever say that we're going to get into other bigger tournaments such as Libertadores? such as things like that in the future. It just doesn't show any desire to grow in that aspect internationally. Do you think it's just basically that they're only interested in what comes under their own umbrella, basically their own league? Is it a, is it a state of maybe not getting it? You know, I know you, you follow Mexico uh, quite closely, Mando. Um, you know, it's a much more developed league. Uh, historically, they've been there for years and by comparison to, to, to the state of soccer in the USA. Um, is that a factor? You know, they're just not geared. You know, they haven't their heads in the right position to to to, to basically get what what the prize is. I think it's a mentality thing. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, if you think about it, the like you said, Mexico is the giant of this of of North America, and they're, they're gonna be because they have the money. They're established. They can pull big names. Even European names come down to Mexico now to pl- ply their trade. Um, the thing there, I, I believe. Um, the MLS doesn't really want to compete with that because in reality, what it is here in the U.S. on TV, the ratings for Liga MX are far vastly superior to ratings for even MLS. Uh, and that's because of the, the large Latin population in the country. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Mexicans are watching their their hometown clubs here. But until we get that interest in MLS and in, in, in the American, you know, population it's not going to grow the way it needs to grow. And, and and the only way you can grow that is by having competitions where these teams are showcased against bigger, better quality sides that are, have, uh, you know, global acclaim. Uh, if you're not showcasing your product, then it doesn't matter what you're doing in your backyard, Dave. If no one's seeing it, it's not going to grow. But is, is that not just stigmatic of, of the whole sort of American, you, you know, and I don't mean to, to, to be... Um, disrespectful in any way, but you know what I mean. It's like the World Series of Baseball. You have the NFL. Everything's in house in the states. They don't think sport globally. Certainly for team games, they're, they're, you know what I mean. There seems to be their home games all seem to be like it's protectionism of them, and, and they don't compete outside of their own borders. I always find it very confusing, Mando. 
No, definitely. I think the only games that we do see any inclusion are soccer because we get to see some Canadian sides in MLS and, and hockey because, you know, it's a Canadian game and we do have some Canadian teams in that league as well. But I agree totally with what you say. And a lot of that, too, Dave, you got to think about it. We're a country that in football and soccer, we don't believe in relegation and promotion. So yeah. if you're not so going to start, you have to start there, Dave. You have to put importance. There's no passion. It, you know, your you, relegation and, and your you puts your your passion into it. Teams vying to get in. Teams, um, you know, afraid to fall out. It causes passion. That's what builds your league. It builds the atmospheres. You know what I mean? There's, there's something on the line. It just doesn't seem to be anything there. Right. And right now, the way it is, is you cut a big enough check and you can get into MLS. There's no qualifying. There's no. There's so many quality teams, Dave, that already exist in NASL and USL, like Minnesota United. I know they're getting into MLS here shortly, but there's teams like that, Sacramento Republic up north here in California. There's teams like that that get huge crowds, Dave, but they can never be anything more than a second or third division team. They have no... They can't aspire to be better well, the problem is that the the organizations like nasl isn't cooperating with mls and vice versa they want to be independent they just want to make their independent money and that's what i think also what, what what becomes an issue is is mls being all under one umbrella you know everybody's owned by mls and then it's you know broken down into other sections and we've talked about this you know on podcasts that i've been lucky enough to have uh josh Gespin from corner of the galaxy and he's broken this down beautifully the way it works and it's just you know it can be a very confusing process here as far as soccer in the u.s but i think that there's a lot of steps that need to take place in order for it to really evolve to where it can and uh, pro rel is one of those things and that's really a debate that that can have a whole podcast on itself it's really a passionate debate in this country people feel it's necessary some people feel it's not necessary and that's just the american way of thinking americans don't like change and we like playoffs in our sports and yeah, we like those types of things playoffs. they make money dave was... they they put seats you get yeah. higher ratings things like that playoffs matter you know what i mean and that's just the way we're wired we like to get to that to where it's a one-off and and see what happens it's just in our blood in our dna on this part of the world i suppose yeah but you see i always look at it you know a team who's fourth and a playoff can actually win the championship and the team that's first there's no reward for coming first um you know and, you, and i'm sure you buy into that and understand it with you know you, you follow the mexican leagues you know, there, there's nothing like saying that over over the course of uh, X amount of games, we were the top team, we're number one. Whenever you go into that, you know, and I've seen it before in, in other sports that I follow in rugby and whatnot, and I just don't like it. You know, um, the champions should be the champions based on, on a league table, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, MLS, like like like, like you're saying, MLS, is they have two trophies. They have the, the supporter shield, which is what you're saying, exactly what you're saying. The best record throughout the entirety of the 38 games is going to get this award, and they, they deserve that, right? But that is the trophy that is less, um, you know, how would you say, lauded? Coveted. Yeah, less coveted. Coveted, yeah. Yeah, it's not the one that people want. Well, the one that everybody gets to brag about is that big shiny cup that repre- that, that, that the Galaxy have been lucky to lift five times. And that's the, that's the MLS Cup. That's the one that everybody wants. And that's in the playoffs. And then and, and for me, as someone who enjoys football globally, um, it's hard for me to enjoy that part of MLS. The, the playoffs don't excite me. It's not something that I necessarily care about. I, I, I mean, you do because it crowns a champion at the end of the year, but it's something that I would like to see gotten rid of. I would prefer to have a traditional football system where, you know, 
the table matters and and that's where it, and pro rel is something that will go along with that but until that changes dave i don't really see uh mls putting too much emphasis on this tournament or on any other tournaments outside of its own borders like you said no, and, they, and I'm curious. What, what about the likes of the the Canadians and so on? Would they, you know, did they put up a good show? And I know that you've teams from the Caribbean there as well. Um, are, they, are they considered just like cannon fodder whenever you put the, the big guns of the MLS and and Mexico involved? Yeah, I, th- I would say the strongest uh, what, the strongest countries that are represented are going to be Mexico, the MLS, and, and probably Costa Rica. Um, last in in last year's tournament, for example. Um, the impact for Canada made it all the way to the final, and that's pretty surprising due to the fact that they were also in preseason. And and really, it's deceiving because people thought that you know MLS can do this, that you know they can go and and compete in this tournament still. But the thing that was deceiving is in the quarterfinals, the stage we are around now, uh, Montreal eked to buy on away goals against Mexican side Pachuca last year, and that was I don't want to say lucky, but fortunate in their favor, right? And then they get in the semifinal, and then they get Alajuelense, Ala who's a, a Costa Rican side quality team and again on away goals that's how they advanced both times and they lost ultimately to Mexican Giant America in, in the final but that was a good showing and probably the best showing that MLS has had um, since 2008 since this format has been in place uh, but it's disappointing because Montreal really didn't look up for it in the final it was it was um, 1-1 in the first leg but in the second leg they really just got picked apart by America and then it ended up 5-3 and, and it just showed the quality that America has and and from there, America went on to choke and lose to a Chinese squad in the Club World Cup, but we don't have to talk about that part, Dave. <laughs> no. Um, listen, you, you know, I'm sort of thinking along the lines as well. The likes of the finals, I take it everything is a two-legged affair. You know, we see the Champions League in Europe, two-legged affair up until we reach a final, so one-off game. And I know that in South America here, you know, with the Libertadores and so on, everything's a two-legged affair. It's home and away. You always get to play on your home ground in front of your fans. I take it that's the same there. Yeah, Dave, it's a home and away. It's always the two legs. And I, I, I actually tend to like that. I know that, like you said, in, in, in Europe, it, it's a one-off in the final and they have, you know, a neutral side and everything's picked out ahead of time. This grandeur, the pageantry to it all and the Heineken and, and the whole shebang, you know, it's the pageantry involved. But um, here, yeah, it's two legs, very much like Libertadores. But I like that in, in these uh, countries. I like that in South America. I like oh, yeah. that in North America because it, it it's good for the fans, the passion, the, the fervor that it creates, and, and it's good financially for both sides because ultimately they're not giants like the Bayerns, like the Barca's, like the Reales, like the Juventuses. They don't have that type of money, so it is important for these um, these teams and these leagues to to grow and get their money through these types of tournaments. No, and, and there's a human aspect in it as well, Mando. When you think, you know, certainly down here in Brazil, you know, for, for the likes of you know a team reaching the final of Libertadores, very few people would have the money to travel to 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 another country or you know to see a final in a neutral venue. So it's for me and the culture, and you know, it's, it's a lot of the countries in South America are the same. You know, maybe a, a poorer population, and it's wonderful that they get to see their a final at their own ground. Uh, in front of their own fans. Okay, yes, there's going to be two legs of it, but I, there's, I don't think there's anything to match it. No, no, you make a very valid point, Dave. And if to, to have a neutral site is hard because to get fans to travel the vast distances, like you said, that there is to travel in the Americas, it's really hard. It's not like Europe where you could take a six-hour pl- flight from, from England to Russia and you've covered all of Europe. You know, it's, it's very different. You can't even get out of the country in the United States in a six-hour flight. No, indeed, and there's no Ryanair and EasyJet, you know, the, the low-cost airlines of Europe to fly you all around the place for a couple of pounds. 
you know, down here, it's you're you're in hundreds of pounds to go the shortest of distance, or hundreds of dollars, even to go, to go the shortest of distances, uh, even within a country, never mind beyond its borders. So, you know, I think for, for that aspect, it's a thing that I really do respect about the Libertadores is, is the home and away side. And, and again, you know, whenever you look at it again, you know, you've got the north, if you're, if you're, if you're in the northeast of America and, you know, you're up against a Mexican team and maybe maybe the finals in Mexico, again, it, it's a decent amount of money to travel. So it's nice that, um, you know, you have the option of, of that home game. And, and I think there's just something, because I've maybe never seen it before until I came here, man, though, there's something special about, you know, playing a final at home. Yeah, yeah, that's not something that, you know, people in England, people in, in, in those types of countries get to get to really experience unless you're lucky enough to make it to the final when you are already, you know, in a competition where the designated final was in your city. Other than that, you're not going to get to play at home, and it's really difficult, and it's really a special thing, like you said, Dave. I mean, to see the Bombonera and Boca Juniors bouncing up and down, you know, in a final, Dave, in a final is, is phenomenal. It's a spectacle. It's something that everybody they're, they're should really singing, get to see and experience. An hour, an hour before kickoff, they start. They, they start singing. They sing all through halftime and they sing the whole way home. It, it, it really, you know, Latin football for that is just—it's unmatchable, Mando. You know, it really is. It's just a sheer passion, the noise. Like you can just imagine the concrete, the punishment the concrete takes because they're just bouncing the whole time. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, Dave. It's it's a beautiful experience, and and it's it's very different to what uh what we see on TV when watching you know our beloved Liverpool or watching the, the English Premier League. It, it's the, the atmosphere is incredibly different. You see the smoke bombs in South America. You see you know the rival ultras going at it. Hell, last year, Dave and Libertadores, we saw River Plate and and, and Boca Juniors have to get suspended because <laughs> fans fans <laughs> broke into the tunnel and pepper sprayed River Plate players. Dave. It's real. I know. Sure, sure, River were stuck in the center circle. I think until two in the morning or something. It's <laughs> real. Get off the pitch because, because the Boca fans wouldn't go home. Yeah, man. That's exactly what <laughs> it's like. It, you, you know, and I say that, and that's why I love these tournaments down here because they are just—they're just so unpredictable. You, know, I say we have floodlight failure, anything that can possibly go wrong with them. You know, there's a, there's a comedy aspect oh, to yeah. it as well. Uh, uh, you know things that you just never see in Europe, and it just does make it. You know, it takes you back. It's, it's almost like a portal back in time for football for me. Oh yeah, no, that's exactly what it's like, Dave. It's it's a little uh, you know blast from the past. Watching the crunching tackles, the physicality, you know, all of that is just it's a throwback, and it's 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 it's, it's something that we've seen, um, you know, disappear a little bit in in the in the European game. No, and sadly, but, you know, with, with this mass organization now in Europe and, you know, it's reaching the stage, you're not allowed flags in and, you know, you must sit in the chair. I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see them go to Boca Juniors and tell them, oh, sorry, you need to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a prelude to war nearly. Yeah. So b- back, to this, back to this tournament, Mando, what way do you see it, foresee it going from here? Um, well, the semis are set already. Uh, they're going to be happening in about two weeks' time. And Santos Laguna is taking on America, and, and Querétaro is taking on uh, is taking on Tigres. Um, for me, I really do see America taking uh, Santos Laguna taking care of business in that two leg, and and possibly getting to a final and a, an opportunity to repeat as champions. And I do see, um, excuse me, I do see uh, Tigres taking care of business against Querétaro. And, uh, Tigres, uh, America final for, for us fans of Liga MX, it, it, that's a beautiful, beautiful game, and it's going to be highly contested. It's going to be uh, 
you know, one of those legs is going to be at the Azteca, and we all know what kind of uh, atmosphere we get there watching America. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, but ultimately, the best team I believe is going to win, and the best team is Tigres. Um, they are the most talented team. They are the most complete side. The, you know. They go through a mid-season funk, it seems like, every year. But when it's time and it, and it matters in the big games, Tigres really does uh, show up. And, we, and, and with the addition of uh, André-Pierre Gignac, he's really made a world of difference since his arrival uh, last season. And we saw him uh, really lead that team to the final of Libertadores. And he's carried them to the championship of uh, the Clausura tournament. And now another uh, final for them. So it, it looks like they, they, they know what they're doing down there. Uh, and Tigres really is the powerhouse of this continent. No, indeed, and they had a very good run in the Libertadores. Um, I think it was the season past, uh, or uh, Mando. Okay, maybe another thing. You know, I know we spoke about it before before we started recording. You know, just to, just to familiarise people. You know, we have we have Mexican teams currently in the Libertadores. Just to explain how that works, that you, you're you're spread across two tournaments and, and the qualifying criteria for each. So basically how it works is Mexico has two small leagues, so two small tournaments. They have the Apertura, and then they have the later on, they have the Clausura. Both champions get to advance to this tournament, the CONCACAF Champions League. And then uh, the, the way it works for Libertadores is you'll get the runners-up will be in Libertadores, which is a little bit of a shame because we see the, the better teams are going to be in the CONCACAF Champions League, and that takes precedent because it's our confederation and it's you know it, it's our ticket to the Club World Cup. But ultimately, the better, more prestigious competition is Libertadores, and, and, and we don't get our best representation there. And that's why it was so impressive to see uh, Tigres last year get to that final, and they made some key additions midway through that tournament. Like I said, some big names like Gignac and Aquino and things like that really helped them elevate them to the level that they're at now. But uh, it's just one of those things. I mean, Mexican sides are really quality sides, Dave. So they always have a chance in Libertadores if the right side gets in there. But uh, that's why we see. But but the, the reason that we see them dominate this tournament, the Coca-Cola Champions League, is because you get the cream of their crop against uh, teams that aren't as big, aren't as financially uh, stable, and, and and can't really compete on that level. So I would personally like to see less Mexican teams qualify for this tournament and maybe see a little bit more of an emphasis in the Libertadores. But I, until the rules change in Libertadores and and, and the emphasis is able to I mean and 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 the these teams are able to qualify to the club world cup through there then you know this is always going to take precedent but we're always I think it's always going to be one-sided like this Dave it's always going to be the Mexican sides dominating until really MLS decides to you know pay attention to this tournament and really emphasize how important it is to win this no and I say you know Mexico is just it's like a victim of geography Nearly, I think that's a, a nice way of putting it. You know, you, you play in the Copa America, it's not your federation, but you're strong contenders for it. Yeah. You know, you play in the Libertadores, it's not your, your, your federation, but, you know, like even even this season, you, the, the Mexican teams are doing themselves proud. Um, you know what I mean? You're just a victim of that geography, and, and, and it's quite, it's, it's saddening in a way. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, for us, Libertadores is a big deal because the Mexican side has never won it. So that's that, and, and because, like you said, we can't really be crowned as champions. We can take home the trophy, but that's about it. We're not, you know, recognized in the, by the confederation down there. But for us, I think it's important to win that tournament because 
uh, we never have. And when, when, when a Mexican team gets a good run in that tournament, Dave, it's really important to us. We all root for that team. It doesn't matter who you root for locally and in the league once those uh, continental games are on and Libertadores are on. And, and like last year, Tigres was in the final. Everybody was a Tigres fan. Dave, everybody wanted Tigres to win. All of us. You know, even... The, the rival list of most rival fans, they, they would tell you that they wanted Tigres to win that because it would have been big for Mexico. That, that's big for our continent and, and, and for, I mean, for our country to, to lift that crown. And, and the names in that, the prestigious names that have been, that have lifted that cup, Dave, is what we want. And that's what's a shame about this tournament is we don't put the same emphasis or bearing or, or importance to it yet. We get to glide through. We have four teams. Liga MX has four teams in the semifinal right now. And there should be a little bit more parity, I think. No, absolutely. It, it seems very lopsided. It seems very top-heavy to our, uh, leaning towards towards Mexico, where, you know, if, if these teams, these four teams that you're talking about, uh, I appreciate they are they are obliged to, to, to honor their own federation, but they'd be much better off down here um, facing up against some of the big boys from here. It's the same as the Gold Cup and the, and the Copa Libertadores. Dave, we're going to feel the stronger team for the Gold Cup, but do we really need to when we're playing the likes of Jamaica, the likes of Trinidad and Tobago and those likes? I would rather have a stronger side going up against Uruguay, Colombia and the likes, you know, and, and we're not making those decisions either because, again, our confederation, takes precedent and some i think something needs to change because like you said we're a victim of geography mexico's too good sometimes for concacaf but they 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 can't compete at, you know at the highest level in another confederation either so it's, it's kind of our hands are tied yeah no indeed um but it brings us in nicely um you know to to sort of close this off um you know we've been watching a little bit of the libertadores we're, we're going to have a podcast coming up um i think it's the weekend here man that we should be out early next week um and i think we're going to talk about a young man called marlis uh moreno um <laughs> i know that the other guys on the pod we've been talking a little bit during the week and and i don't know whether you're familiar with him or not are familiar with him or not um but just let us know Oh yeah, I've seen a little bit of him. Um, Atlético Nacional, Colombian player. He, he, he's pacey. He's strong. He he's really a treat to watch. If you guys can watch Libertadores and watch the Colombian sides, uh, that's a player to watch. He's really gonna take the league. I mean, take that competition by storm. And, and that's because I don't get to watch a lot of the Colombian league, and I'm sure probably you don't either. Itself, this is really the the, the only time I get to watch him and then see him display his talents. But he's really been. Um, a pleasant surprise because, to be quite honest, before these couple of games, I've only seen a couple of games of his before then, and he, he really seems to have come on a lot recently. And uh, I, I would recommend everybody that gets a chance to watch him, uh, to, to, to really get to enjoy him and see what it's like watching him in Libertadores because that's a player that's probably going to end up in Europe soon. Oh, it seems very, very soon. As I, as I said to you earlier on when, when we were chatting, it, it's like a mixture of uh, Tino Asprilla meets uh, a young Robbie Fowler. You know, that, that unpredictable, you know, r- mazy runs and just that swagger that, that, that Robbie Fowler used to have. But that brings me nicely into to, to the last question I have for you. Is there any players that you've noticed in this tournament up and coming that, that may be like uh, Mr. Moreno? 
Uh, it's hard to say. I, I think one young player that I would really like uh, uh, people to... Well, actually, you know what? I can name a few. Um, for, for Tigres, uh, Jürgen Dam. He's a Mexican uh, winger. Uh, Jürgen, and he's Mexican, but he's of German descent. Uh, but he plays for Mexico, the national team. He's a really speedy winger. He's going to end up in Europe soon. He already has a lot of edit the visa sides and things like that, taking a look at him. And he's somebody that's really going to impress him. Should be in Europe, probably. Um, I'd say this summer could be as quickly as this summer we could see him in Europe. And for Querétaro, there's a player that I really like there as well, and that's uh, Carlos Fierro. I wrote an article on him as well, and and, um, and and actually he's a player that a lot of people are familiar with because of a football manager. Football manager. I hear it all the time. Yeah, I'm American. I'm here in America. I don't ever. I've never played football manager in my life, so I have no knowledge of it. I don't know what it is. I guess it's a computer game, but everybody always tells me uh, he's, yeah. he's a magician. He, he was the star. He was the star from, I think, uh, 2011 through to about 2014 on it. Uh, the top wonder kid, scored your goals from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he was important for us when, when he played in the under-17s and they won us a World Cup title there. And, and then it, it, he's going to be pivotal probably going into um, – Going into the Olympics, I think is going to be we're going to see him shine there, and we've really seen him pick up form because he he just made a move to Querétaro from Chivas, and he didn't get a lot of playing time. He didn't get everything that he didn't really thrive there. But now at Querétaro, he started off with a bang, and we're really seeing him hit his stride. And that's a player that I'd like everybody to watch. And I mean, everybody should be watching because they're a little bit more familiar with him. But uh, Carlos Fierro, for sure, I'd keep an eye out for. Well, they're more familiar with him in pixelated versions. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we've yet to see the real-life version. But listen, I know we're, we're going to keep this one quick tonight, Mando, because, uh, as I say, we've got the Libertadores coming up, and we don't want to do too much of a crossover. So I think there's a nice point uh, to, to bring it to a close. Um, is, is there anything else you, you want to add just before we do that? No, man, I think it's, I, I mean, if you guys can and have the opportunity to check out this CONCACAF Champions League, I would do it. Um, it's never too, you know, it's good to expand your horizons and learn about how important football is to other nations and see the passion that these types of countries have. I know right now it's all Mexican side, so really you probably all are accustomed to it. But next season when you start seeing the Costa Rican sides and the and, and you start seeing those types of teams, Honduran teams, really do pay attention to it because it is a beautiful tournament and you get to see, maybe it's not the most beautiful football being played but you do get to see a beautiful display of passion and and I, I, ultimately in these tournaments day the libertadores and in the americas the passion is really what what sells it all no indeed as you say you know some of the crowds are and, and, and i would i would echo what you're saying based Mexican teams or four Mexican teams left, it's going to be the semi and the final will be a rocking affair, let's say. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, Latin Latin supporters support from the heart. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Have you anything to plug, Mando? Uh, anything you've got at the moment? Uh, yeah, actually, I have, I'm going to have a piece coming out probably this weekend um, as soon as uh, it gets edited and it should be out there. It's about uh, Maradona and his time at Sevilla, his one year there. Um, you know, it wasn't the best of years, but it's something that I think a lot of people off forget, and it's something that I think we should should be discussing, brought to attention. So, yeah, I have that piece out, and I know you have a piece out too, Dave. 
yeah, um, the, the effect of uh, the Chinese invasion basically on, on the, the domestic situation here in Brazil and possibly even the national situation. Um, as I say, there's not an awful lot being written about China at the moment. Um, so I, I just put some of my thoughts from, from a Brazilian perspective where they're sort of raiding the shores of Brazil for players and even Brazilian players from beyond. So if, if, if you like, give that a little read. It's something a little bit different again that's not getting an awful lot of coverage at the moment but is becoming quite prominent absolutely and it's an enjoyable read definitely i would recommend checking it out but yeah dave other than that nothing nothing for me man listen mando we'll, we'll as i say we'll leave it at that thank you very much for your time tonight i know you've you've a few things on at the minute your time is much appreciated it's been lovely talking to you as, you, as always and we'll be back on the weekend absolutely dave thanks a lot man and i'm excited to talk libertadores take care of yourself dave bye buddy Indeed, no problem. Uh, and everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, and I say we'll be back again early next week with another pod. Until then, take care of yourself and good night. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. 
and you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.